Hi, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Reawakened Mom podcast. I have some exciting news to share. The Reawakened Mom Circle is open. OMG. If you've heard me talk before, you know this has been on my heart to start for a while now because I have talked to so many moms who have felt lost. They don't know themselves anymore. They feel overwhelmed on most days. They put everyone else first and do nothing for themselves. And they have put their goals and dreams on hold. These mamas wanna have friendships and relationships with other mamas who will support them and encourage them. Does this sound like you? If so, I would be honored to have you join the circle. It is a private community where you can grow as a person, find yourself again, be in community with others who are ready to say yes to themselves. Because as I say all the time, community is more important now than ever. Each month we will have virtual and in-person gatherings, guest speakers and trainers, virtual mama chats, and so much more. If this sounds right up your alley, I would love to have you join the circle. I'll put it in the show notes so it's super easy to find, but you'll go to my website to find out more. I can't wait to grow together. On today's episode, I am joined by an incredible woman, Danielle Wagaman. She is a super fun guest and very knowledgeable about tons of postpartum conversations. We go deep into Danielle's experience after her labor and the tools she used to help her feel good again. We discuss the journey of motherhood, how we sometimes have to lose ourselves before we can find our new selves again. Because let's be real, we are always in some sort of transition. Our conversation takes many twists and turns, talking about cycles and phases, embodiment, menstrual cycle seeking, postpartum care. I promise you, if you are a mama looking for some answers and help during any stage of motherhood, this one's for you. You've waited long enough. Let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome to the Reawakened Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Clampett. I am so grateful you're here. This show is for you if you find yourself always putting others' needs before yours. You naturally take care of others first. You find yourself in constant comparison with other moms. You put your dreams, goals, ambitions, and passions on hold. If you raised your hand and said, that's me, this show is for you. You are not alone. My goal with this podcast is to show you it doesn't have to be this way. I invite you to join the weekly conversations and learn mom hacks, proven strategies, techniques, and mindset tips to reawaken who you truly are. Some episodes, I'll be here riding solo and riffing on a specific topic. Other weeks, I'll invite moms and experts to share their stories and journeys on how they reawakened their life. We need your voice out in this world, so stop hiding, stop dimming, stop following, and start knowing, shining, and leading because you are not alone. Let's reawaken the passion living inside of you together. All right. Hey, everybody. And thank you, Danielle, for joining me today on the Reawakened Mom podcast. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I can't wait to dive into all the things I had asked you to be on because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like you just have such a wealth of information and knowledge that I know our our listeners will just take so much great information from. So I'm excited that you said yes. Yes. Well, I have a lot of passions I like to share and spreading the knowledge and supporting others with kind of 
my own learning lessons and experiences is what I'm passionate about. So I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, I did want to share it. Cause I was like, Danielle, like send me your bio. And, but then when I go to her Facebook page, I mean, solar powered, I'll eat your leftovers anytime fly swatter reflexes. Like you've never <laughs> seen. <laughs> um, I was like, that is just the greatest, like Facebook introduction. I was like, I have to like read that because it cracks me up. <laughs> I feel like for a while it had on my my bio, it had mama, physical therapist, and like fitness enthusiast. But I was like, these are not like me. Like I wanted to share a message of like who I am as a soul person. And I feel like those are some funny but defining characteristics about me <laughs> and who yeah. I am. So like you're very quick reef. So like, can you catch flies and like, like what I do you can, mean by that? I'm I curious. can catch them, swat them. And I like on a first try, like a, with a, with a towel, with a, give me a TheraBand. I can usually get flies pretty quick and I take pride in that. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously you put it on Facebook. So like, I'm surprised yeah. that you don't have it on your website. Maybe you do. Cause you have fun facts. Is it on maybe there? Maybe I should no. Maybe I should get a whole TikTok of me, like going after t the summer flies in my house. Cause it's always like a fun, I turn it into like a fun ninja activity, especially with my husband or with my husband, with my son, West. he gets in on the fun too. Yeah. I bet my husband is actually really good at catching flies too. So I, you guys could have like a little competition, but you should totally do TikTok videos. And then like, I would pay you to come like kill them in my home too, because yeah. They're so annoying. They are. Oh my gosh. I would say that's the one thing in my house. When I see a fly, like stop what you're doing. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, my ears are out right now. Cause I'm like, oh my God, do I have a fly in here? It better not like zoom in. For well, now that it's all the awareness we're talking about it. Right. So now we're like aware and like yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. But Danielle Wagaman is here with us today, and I'm so excited to, to just introduce her to, to you and for you to get to know her a little bit more. So Danielle, I would love it if you would just start and just talk about, like, talk about your motherhood journey. Like, how did you get there? I mean, we know how you got there, but like, right. you get there? It's been a journey. And you know what? I feel like it's taken me a while to reflect and accept. I became a mom three years ago to my son, West. And through that three-year period, it has been huge amounts of growth, but also maybe accepting parts of my life that are no longer the same. And that's been a big part of kind of my acceptance and moving through into motherhood is kind of figuring out what this looks, what my life is going to look like now, but also in the future. And I feel like a lot of it's come down to how I'm managing myself. Like, pre-baby, I could do it all. I could work out. I could work full-time. I could come home, clean the house and get to bed and read a book. And I was like, Ooh, that was a good day. Now that you're taking care of a little one, some of those extra kind of self-care activities, they, you lose grip on them because you're so focused on the other priorities in your life and realizing that when you get to that point where they're no longer in your life on a daily basis, it starts to build up on a neurological level of added stress, added stress. And then you get to that point where you're in that chronic stress phase and you go to, I feel like you almost go back to habits that you have ingrained or picked up in your old self. Yeah. And you're like, well, girl, this no longer supports you in your motherhood. It's time to like really reflect and see what 
new habits you need to integrate into your life to support you as a mother, to support you as an individual in your own personal self-growth and to support you like continuing to grow as a professional and as a, a wife. And I feel like my biggest struggle is finding balance between it all, but also accepting that not all one area is going to feel like you're going to be great at. And so allowing yourself to let go of certain aspects and being like, Hey, I don't have to be this super professional all, all, all week, every day and letting go of that expectation of myself and really sitting in trying to be more in the moment of where I'm at and what I'm doing is been kind of that that mindfulness that has shifted me into kind of the journey I'm on now. Yeah, I resonate with that so much. So I have, so I kind of came into motherhood. I have an older stepson. So when I married okay. my husband, I like, I had a nine-year-old. So yes. it, it's different, but it was like, oh, okay. It was kind of like baby steps. <laughs> and then when I had Jackson, who's 16 now, I ended up leaving my teaching career and staying at home. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. And I had that perception of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be with my kids all the time. I can't wait to raise them. So I lost myself because mm-hmm. I put everything into my kids and right. I didn't know any different. Cause I was like, well, I'm staying at home and this is what I do now. And I take care of them and I'm with them every moment of the day. And if I don't have them with me, like that makes me a bad mom. But that also becomes your I- identity. Yeah. So people, you become this mother and you're so neurologically and hormonal channeled into your kids. Like it's almost like you can't help yourself. It's like natural. And because of those connections that are made through the birthing process and kind of grow as that child develops and you develop with them as a mother, like you can't help, but go into that kind of space without losing yourself. I feel like that's also a part of our, our journey as mothers is like, we almost have to lose ourselves first before we come to like know our new selves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like find out like I'm always in like, what do I like? What do I like now in my season? Yeah. It's always, you know, and you're gonna find as your son gets older too, like, okay, well, what serves you right now might not serve you like when he's in elementary school and middle school and a high school or yeah. like what kinds of things do I need right now? Like right now I'm in a very lonely phase because my boys are both teenagers and they don't need me or want me around as much. And so I have just been saying to my friends and like women that I'm around, I'm like, it's so lonely. Like I'm in my home, but like, they don't want to talk to me or they don't want to do things with me or they want to be with their friends. And which is, that's what teenagers do. Right. But like as a mom who stayed at home with my kids and I've done everything with them in my mind for them. Now I'm like, wait, they don't need me or want me around. So it's, it's a very different phase that I didn't realize this was going to be a really hard phase to go through. I thought the toddlers were the hardest phase. And I'm like, that's where I am right now. Yeah, I know live it. Yes. You're in it. For me, I'm like, gosh, this is really, this is a really interesting and hard phase to figure out where is my place. Right. And I feel like the common theme that we're, we keep touching on is this cycles, phases and accepting that just like children and motherhood, we're going to go through cycles and phases, just like ourselves as individuals, like as we're growing, we go through cycles and phases. And it wasn't until I had my own kind of depression, anxiety cycle phase where I sat in it kind of probably a little too long, but not recognizing what it was that 
I was like, okay, this is, I don't feel right. This doesn't feel good. And for a while to combat that, you start adopting like those self-numbing strategies. Like, oh, I'm just going to binge Netflix because this doesn't feel good, but I don't want to address like what's going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, like I'm having a lot of anxiety tonight. Let's just grab that glass of wine. Mm -hmm. So understanding that some of these cycles we go through is a part of the, like the process and learning to like, for me, the biggest thing was learning to lean into the sadness, learning to lean into the grief and like feel it and move through it versus trying to like push it away mm-hmm. was where my healing started. And like, I feel like it's going to come back, but understanding that these cycles don't have to last as long is also powerful too. And having building skills to get yourself kind of back into the, that up cycle, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what I would love to just ask you about that then. So, you know, you have just gone through this, you know, and if you want to dive into that a little bit more on maybe how you're feeling or what you were feeling, maybe listeners would resonate with that, or maybe they're, yeah, I would love to share. And then Um, I would also love to know, like next, then like what, when you say, okay, well, how to comp things to combat it. Well, what does that even mean? Cause some people might not even know like where to start. So maybe exactly for you. So it's a two-part question. I love that. And I'm happy to share both parts because it's equally a part of my journey and kind of where I've come from then to now. But I would say my birth, my childbirth process was looking back, maybe a little bit more traumatic than I even acknowledged. I had an emergency C-section. And so during that time of frame, you're just in fight or flight mode. And then you wake up and you're like, okay, where's my baby? And there's people talking about how you ruin their night plans and like stuff like that. And then you're, you know, you're kind of just shifted into like, okay, here's this new little baby. Like you just start to just go into, I'll figure this out. So, but not really recognizing I was in that space for probably a good while was probably the start of like where my anxiety started. And then on top of that, we, we moved a lot within the past three years. So having that chronic kind of stress of, gathering things up, managing a new baby, and then trying to move homes was an added stressor. And I feel like when you get to that space of survival mode, sometimes you don't even recognize it until it's too late. You know, like you start feeling the, the stress, the fatigue, but you just try and power through because it's like, what other option do I have? Like my husband's traveling and I'm the only caregiver. So you're just going to do what's necessary to get on to that next day. And then when you get like stuck in that cycle is where I start, start feeling that kind of like, I, I know better. Like I, I'm, I preach about this, like self-care, I should know better. So you start building that kind of shame and kind of anger almost on yourself being like, how did I get to this place? And so more frustration And then at that point, you're like, okay, it's time to make that shift. And I would say this process has been ongoing. I started really feeling the effects of not taking care of myself starting like early last winter. And it's kind of shifted into talking, starting to recognize, to talk to family and friends about how I'm feeling, reaching out for help. So I started doing more talk therapy. My therapist, based on our conversations, really felt that I would be benefiting from taking some type of oral medication to help just stabilize some of my moods. Cause after my first dog died, I was, I was a little upset for there for a few weeks. And so kind of embracing 
those added modalities. I started doing working with my own physical therapist, doing myofascial release, energy work, acupuncture. So I kind of tried to take a more holistic, well-rounded approach, just instead of just doing one modality, I started incorporating a bunch. And I feel like through having that well-rounded support system, each professional kind of brings in a different aspect of that mind, body, spirit healing. And that's where I feel like I finally came full circle to being back to like, oh, I feel like myself again. Because for a while, like you have those conversations of like, I don't feel like me. And then you're like, what's wrong with me? And then you start getting in that depressive cycle of like, kind of just being down on yourself for not feeling like your best person, you know? Right. And especially because you are like on social media a lot and like living your best life and like you're teaching fitness classes and you're doing all these, you know, your kinetic flow method, like all these things. And so, you know, you get in your head, like, this is what I look like, uh, you know, to the public, you know, like I've got my shit together. And then it's like, if you don't feel like that person that you are, but like right in this moment you are, then it's like, I, cause I'm speaking for myself, not for you, but like, then you feel like a frog, like, well, like, yep. like, who am I? Like, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Yep. You know, like I know better. I shouldn't feel like this. I know how to get myself out of it. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I, you know, I feel like this a lot of the time, sometimes the strongest people, they don't get checked on enough because yep. people are like, oh, you're, she's good. She's got it together. And then you don't get checked on. And then you, you don't get forgotten about, but you just kind of are over to the side because mm-hmm. you're strong and you know how to handle it. So I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I have definitely had feelings like that, especially like the last two or three years where I'm like, I do not feel like myself and I have binge Netflix and I'm like, I'm just going to go take a nap because yep. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Yep. So acknowledging when I am going to more like self, I call them self numbing strategies and being like, okay, you're adopting this because you're trying to avoid this. So bringing in that mindfulness and then creating skills, or I say habits around, okay, you've created this awareness. What can you do instead to address the discomfort and lean into that versus just trying not to, you know, avoid feeling it at all. And so I can completely relate to that message of the fear of speaking about when you are struggling overcame me so much that I took a break from social media. Like I took myself off because I like, like you said, there's that component of like, Oh, if I can't put my best self out there and preach about what I truly feel is beneficial for health wellness. If, and I can't be that leader to lead an example, like it's, I'm going to take a step away. And that's exactly what I did. I took time to do what's necessary for my own healing. I started doing a lot more research around women's postpartum care and health, which is there's so much new information coming out. And so I really dove deep into that on a physical therapy level, doing more pelvic health, con ed, re-education courses for my own kind of healing, postpartum healing. But also I started getting really intrigued with the concept of menstrual cycle seeking. And the more kind of I dove down that rabbit hole, it just made sense to me on a biophysiological level I was forcing myself to live in what we call like a circadian rhythm kind of lifestyle where we are kind of our culture pushes us to be in that hustler, do it all, make those to-do lists, check it off and kind of push, push if you want to, because as entrepreneurs, if you work hard, 
you know, you'll, you know, it, the results will show. So having adopting that mindset of just keeping pushing through was really detrimental on myself and my body. And as soon as I started doing more menstrual cycle seeking kind of practices and, and reading, it really shifted the way on how I kind of managed myself on first on a fitness level. Like that was huge for me because coming from a collegiate athlete, all I knew was like high intense workouts. You feel good after you do this hit workout. So even though I'm drained, I'm going to go do this hit workout because mentally I just feel like it's what I need. But as I kind of go through those menstrual sinking cycle practices, recognizing, oh, I'm getting close to my period and I'm feeling really drained energetically and like going to push myself to do this like seven o'clock workout may not be the best thing for my body. Maybe I should go home and do some breathing. Maybe I should go home and do some like restorative type yin yoga. So recognizing where, A, where I am in my cycle, paying attention to my energy levels has really shifted my ability to choose like my fitness activities. And I've, it surprisingly, I've backed off so much that like I have the same body, but I almost feel like I'm in less pain because I'm not overtraining. And also I feel like to your body, when you're not overtraining and in that like do, do, do state, like you get more of that grounded, restorative feeling almost. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Cause I went through, I've gone through that where I'm like, I'm a runner, you know, or I hate running. Okay. Now I'm a runner. This is how, okay. No, uh, now I do boot camps. Like, okay. Now I'm in like a yoga Pilates phase. And then like with COVID it it stopped everything where it was like, okay, I'm not going to the gym. So I'm not like heavy lifting and really made me think like, what do I even like to do anymore? Like, do, do I even resonate with like going to the gym and like lifting heavy weights? Like, do I resonate with like going and doing like hard workout classes? Like what feels good? And that's what yes. I've been trying to do. Like what feels good right now for me. And so I have been doing like more yoga and Pilates, more walking, which for in yeah. my mentality, maybe you're a collegiate athlete. You thought the same way. I was like, walking is for old people. Like yeah. I run, I'm a runner. Cause then it jiggles and it's working. You know, I'm like, I'm yes. not a walker. That's for like, you know, when you get older, but I'm like, I have been enjoying walking me and too. So it's been so interesting. So I, I totally resonate with that too. So like I'm- intuitively you've already kind of created that mindfulness around your own own like energy levels. And that's beautiful. Like being able to recognize like where you are energetically on that day. And then basically you, you don't have to be in a phase. Like you can do it in one week, do your Pilates and yoga, like one week, go back to your boot camps. like based on your cycle, it, it encourage you based on a hormonal level to do those different activities, but it's almost like you're training to expend your energy, um, efficiently versus pushing against your own biophysiological kind of rhythm of your menstrual cycle. And that's where I feel like two women's health has really done us a disservice to like not pay attention to our periods and almost provide, and I'm not, not going against anyone who has done contraceptive where they just eliminate their period altogether, because we don't, we don't understand the implications of doing that. It's just easier sometimes to not have to think about your period. Right. But in the end, hormonally, it, it really does affect your, your whole physiological system, especially if you are in a space where you're working towards having more kids or working on your fertility, like knowing your menstrual cycle and really 
Um, tuning in with it has been helpful in my guiding my own kind of fertility journey because we are we are trying for our next baby. Oh, so awesome. using this almost as a tool to support my own fertility, my own nutritional choice has been like powerful. And taking, I would say, a more holistic approach to kind of regulating my body to prepare for another being when the universe chooses rather than I'm just not, I would say I'm just not ready to go down the the more medical approach yet. And which is, again, I think for those who have more of those diagnoses that support those type of treatments, great. I, I have no specific diagnosis that right now is impeding me. It's just, it hasn't happened. So I'm just kind of, kind of taking patience and trust and doing things that are going to support my menstrual cycle naturally. Yeah. And I have done like quite a few podcast episodes with people that have had different stages of like infertility and then, you know, maybe why it's happened and some that have been diagnosed with things. And then some that have tried all kinds of different things or mm-hmm. getting ready to try something. And then, then they get, pregnant. it just happens when they kind of release like the pressure. So like, Oh, I'm going to try this. And maybe then your body just yeah. relaxes. And that's how, like when my husband and I were planning our births, you know, whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever Um, that means. (laughs) Yeah. I like whatever that means. Yeah. I'm doing like little quotation marks, like as your podcast listeners. Because as women, we love to plan and schedule, but really this is like out of our, this is out of our hands. It's like, you'll be gifted when the energy and the time is right. And I, I've gone through that. I think that's what contributed to my phase of going through a little bit of depression of getting so down on myself of why isn't this happening? You know, I am a healthy person. I exercise, you know, I eat pretty good. Like those are all emotions that come into play when you're trying to plan. Mm -hmm. So allowing and accepting that planning aspect and just letting go and kind of just working on yourself and energetically just preparing your body and just being open to receive is kind of that shift I've made in my own kind of fertility journey as well. I just always feel like your body knows, like even if you aren't willing to like look inward, like, and you're trying to plan and do all these things, like your body knows, you know, and the universe knows like when it's meant to happen. And so our um, bodies are actually smarter than us. They (laughs) like our bodies naturally do things to protect us and make us feel safe on a neurological level, on a biophysical level that we don't even know what's going on. So I feel like tuning back into ourselves into our bodies is how, at least for me, how some of that healing has, has started as well. Yeah. You mentioned like with the menstrual cycle, like hormones and things like that and stuff too. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I am 44 right now, so I'm going to be 45 this year. And I think for me, like I have been talking to a lot of different women, like my age, just about like hormones and changes that might be going on and things like that. So do you do a lot with like hormonal health or like, have you seen like with the thing with like your menstrual, what is it? Menstrual cycle, something what there's another word. Menstrual cycle sinking, sinking. Okay. I was like, that is, that's tricky. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a, one of those tongue tied words. Yeah. So on a personal level, it's been more of me doing my own research, applying some of the things that I've learned but my whole goal, because it's kind of supported myself, is to create a community that would support other individuals who may are maybe are interested in shifting certain aspects of their lifestyle to a more menstrual cycle sinking 
approach. And so like the different aspects that I've started to integrate is physical activity one, especially like with what types of workouts I'm going to choose depending on what phase I'm in, in my cycle. Nutrition two, it's depending on what cycle you're in. There's certain foods that support the hormonal shifts that you're going through and the like preparing of the endometrial aligning, stuff like that. And then also on like more of a kind of spiritual level is incorporating, I would like to call like more embodiment practices. Mm -hmm. So what's embodiment? It's things like tapping. I don't know if you ever heard of tapping. I have. Breath, circular breath work is kind of an embodiment practice. Doing some type of like dancing. So incorporating all those different aspects into a, and it's a skill that you have to build over time. So you can't just pick up something and be like, oh, I'm going to change my nutrition. I'm going to change my workouts and I'm going to add all this self-love stuff all at once. Like, no, like that's overwhelming. So like integrating it over time and then helping to support people do it in their own time. And it's almost like every person is going to have a different aspect of their life. They need more support with like, obviously I got fitness down being a physical therapist. So like nutrition is hard for me. So, and that's kind of been, I would say my biggest struggle, even moving through postpartum is like changing my nutritional habits, like knowing when to have coffee or, and, or skipping coffee. Like that was a big shift in my anxiety is like not having that coffee first thing in the morning, like eating more protein, drinking like a ton of water. And then maybe after my breakfast, having a cup of coffee versus like having that cup of coffee first thing in the morning. And then like having that, like, like angst, Yeah. That's a huge, like just making the order of where I kind of intake my caffeine was, that was huge for management of that, but just creating more mindfulness gradually, slowly o- over parts of your life. Yeah, no, I mean, that's great. I have, I mean, so many, I mean, everything is like resonated with me. I'm just in this like phase right now because I have started to incorporate coffee back into my life after I had like really not needed it for so long. And I don't even yeah. I'd say need but I don't even think it's a need. It's just a want. Like it's, yeah, it, it's you know, I don't taste. really need it because I could drink it right before bed and probably go right to sleep. It's just more like this happened to me when I, so when I stayed at home with my kids the first time, it was a, it was a habit for me to stop at Starbucks and get a coffee. And like, I would find every excuse to stop and get a coffee. Like, oh, do you have to go to the bathroom? Are you hungry? You know, just to be able to pull over and do it because I wanted it because I was addicted and it wasn't even like I needed it, but I was like craving that like schedule, but I was craving like the coffee or maybe the sugar that was in whatever I was drinking. And so I have started to get, you were talking about that earlier about habits. I've started to get back into that habit of going to Starbucks. I'm not getting the same thing I used to drink, but of just like having this old comfortable habit that I used to have, like when my kids were little and we will go in and we would see the same people and Mike would, I would meet there. And like, I'm starting to do that again. And I haven't done that probably for like seven or eight years now. And it's very interesting. It's been a long time. Like I cut it out. Do you think that something in your life right now has shifted you to going back to what, what was that, that comfortable habit for you? Like, was there something that like maybe your kids aren't home as much or I don't know. Just I don't, bring... I think it is. I think it's also like supporting the nut. It's like the numbing thing. It's like, yeah, it's not. Cause I'm, I don't know if I'm numbing, but I'm also, I'm using it as an excuse, like almost like, Oh, I deserve this. 
Yeah. Okay. Isn't that weird? It's like, I deserve to go get a coffee because like the shit that I put up with today or whatever. So yeah. I'm using it as like a reward yeah. for like something that I'm probably making up in my head of yeah. like, I deserve to have this. So I'm going to get it. And like, I don't, I don't really drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I'm like, that's my mentality that I used to have too. Like it's a freaking coffee. Like what's the big deal. But I also know that like, I feel better when I, if I don't have it after a while, like I've been not, I don't think necessarily because of the coffee, but other things, like I've been having stomach issues and stuff. So I'm just like, I, and then I get like to the point, I feel like, is this a coaching session or a podcast episode? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm like, are you in a coaching session? What's going on here? No, but I do. I feel like that. And then I, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, I just feel it's interesting because I, like I told you, I feel very lonely, you know, yeah. and I my husband that cause like he works at the restaurant, but my kids so maybe are maybe it's just something comforting that yeah. you can go, you can go back to now, but I guess allowing yourself to be okay with it too. Like it's, you know, you're not doing it every day. It's something that brings you a little slice of joy. Like you said, you do enjoy it. So you're back in that space where maybe your one cup of coffee at the drive-thru is okay. And you know, yeah, I know. So it's just, I mean, I hope that all the other moms are listening, just take this conversation, you know, maybe a piece of it that you are struggling with something or, you know, I know for me, like after the last couple of years, like mentally, I feel exhausted. I felt exhausted. Mm -hmm. And physically, I was like, I'm not where I like to be physically, like, because I haven't been doing the workouts, nutrition, like you talked about that, like, I haven't been doing that as well. So I think it's really smart when you said, you know, and for the moms listening, like, take one piece, like, don't Mm -hmm. feel like everything that, you know, Danielle and I are talking about, like, you have to go do everything. Because when I used to work in nutrition and coaching people, that was the hardest thing, like, give up everything you love, and it'll be good. Like, oh my God, that is the, that is the biggest sign that someone's going to fail. You can't take away everything. So pick one thing to maybe start with, you know, and maybe it's like reaching out and asking for help, you know, little things like that, I think, or just starting with like adding more water in. Yeah. That's what I, I like to take the approach instead of eliminating, like add. So like you said, add that, add more water, maybe add that green juice before your coffee, like stuff like that, instead of like having the, like, scarcity mindset, like go to more of like, what are some healthy things I can add to support my, you know, my well-being. Yeah. So like you like just went, I'm just curious. Cause so you just kind of were going through this like anxiety, like depression kind of thing. And you started taking medication. Like, where do you see yourself kind of going with this, like to get into maintenance or do you see yourself like continuing to add some things, you know, back into your world or really working on the nutrition or really focusing on things because, you know, sometimes things can be really good at first and then mm-hmm. like down the line, then you can, you, those things start to creep back in. So how do you see yourself, you know, making this feel successful for you versus like something you have to do every day? Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's all about going back to making small, sustainable habits. And I feel like for where my success that has built the best habits is around my morning routine, how I set the kind of tone of my day and my bedtime routine to help set the tone for getting better sleep. So that's where I started, like making small, adding small habits to my morning. For example, switching out the green juice for coffee, having more eating, making sure I eat protein or something before I leave the door and doing some type of um, calming, medi- like 
I would say meditation is not my jam. So I do more breath work, <laughs> like just, I lay in bed and I literally change positions in bed and I just breathe into different areas of my stomach. And How that's, do you do that? Like you, I know you were like a trained professional. I remember you like years ago doing stuff with like Melissa Wolf, like, yeah. and I'm like all about like breath and you had like four or five different types of breath. So like you are a trans professional, but moms are like, um, I'm breathing every day, Danielle. Like, what are you talking about? Breathe differently. So, Can you explain really? that? And the quickest tool and the biggest tool we have to regulating our nervous system, and that goes back to downregulating that kind of stress, fight or flight, is taking a deeper breath. So I'm going to keep it real simple because, yes, there are a ton of techniques based on, like, if you want more energy or if you need to kind of slow down. But I would say my biggest thing is to take a deep diaphragmatic breath, put your hands right on your belly and just try and breathe into your belly. But like in the morning, for example, it, it does, it's not like, there's no science behind it. I lay on my side and I put my hand on my rib cage and I breathe on this side. And then I lay on my other side, put my hand on my rib cage, breathe into this side. And then I'll lay in like child's pose with a pillow and just hang out there. And then I'll be like, okay, that's how, and that's how kind of moving in those different positions helps me to wake up my body to get to moving. So, and honestly, what, what skill works for me may not work for you. Yeah. So being open to trying new things, but also recognizing like, I don't like this. And so that's your body saying, okay, time to try something new. So not getting frustrated when something isn't working, but just being open, being trying it, be like, Hey, this really supported me or being like, yeah, sitting and meditating right now is not my jam and, or like chanting. I'm not a big chanter. So going to something else, like maybe Maybe you express yourself better through movement and dance. Maybe you express yourself better through journaling and writing. So everyone has like a kinesthetic or like sensory release. It's about finding what supports you the best, especially in the moment, and then building those skills to go back to when you're triggered, right? Yeah. So when you start going down that bad cycle, because we all try and eat healthy and stay on a good track, but sometimes we go on vacation, we go out to dinner and, you know, you get off track and that's okay. So accepting that, but also having the skills of like, okay, now I'm going to bust out my little booklet that I had a few years ago that I worked off of. And I'm going to go back to that, you know? Yeah, no, that's so smart because I do think it's like, it's so easy to say fall off the bandwagon. I don't know why I'm doing so many air quotes today with you, Danielle. I don't <laughs> well, I'm a big that. hand talker too. So we just have okay. a lot of jazz hands. <laughs> I must've been feeling it. Cause I'm like, I have yes. done this more times than ever today. And I think I'm just excited to talk to you. So I'm just all like giddy. I probably should be standing up while I'm recording this. So I yes. can like, keep my body moving. You got it. Well, that means you just like to energetically express when you're talking. That's okay yeah, too. <laughs> I really do. I'm very, yeah. Yeah. That's why I like to have this on zoom because I think it's fun to watch people but anyway yeah I think it's just good because you know it's it's so easy to be hard on yourself if you like okay I had a slice of pizza or I went and had yeah. a steak or whatever it's like you know what this is life you also have to live your life like it can't be so rigid it can't be so controlled all the time yeah that's why we are driving ourselves crazy so we have to learn to be able to live in whatever kind, I don't want to say, like, we just need to be able to live freely in whatever that looks like. And like, know that I am intuitively knowing my body and okay, I'm recognizing if I have that milkshake. Yeah. You know what? Like I might get some cramps in my stomach, but like, I really do want that milkshake. I want to be able to spend time with my family. We're all going out, like whatever it is and just say, you know what? Like I'm still living my life and I'm recognizing Mm -hmm. like, okay, I might be affected later by that, but you know what? I'm okay with that because like, 
I know my body and I know how to mm-hmm. look at my body. And then I'm going to eat really great, like for dinner or my next meal or tomorrow. But like, this is also life and you have to live it because you just get one, yep. um, you know, I like to call that flowing with the body's natural rhythm. So you're just kind of flowing with what your body feels and needs in the moment. And then accepting if you make a choice that maybe, you know, isn't the best for yourself, knowing that's okay. It's in moderation. You're going to let it go. And then you just move on to the next moment. And yeah. And after you start choosing, once you start making those consistent choices in creating positive habits, that's where the success builds is doing it consistently. And so understanding too, that that consistency takes time. And if it, you take a few steps back, that's natural too, before you go forward. Yeah. So I love, I don't know if you have heard of, have you ever heard of Ed Milet? No. Oh my God. I love Ed Milet. Not really love him, but I love him. And it, he is just such a great speaker and he just wrote, he just wrote a book and it's just like just one more. So it's like, cause his dad was an alcoholic. And so he was sober for however many years. And it's like, you know, you can't think that far in ahead, like, Oh, for the rest of my mm-hmm. life, it's like just one more day, just one yeah. more, just one more. So like, sure. I can not have coffee one more day, like one more day, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not thinking like, Oh my God, doomsday end of the world. It's like, just one more. Okay. I can, work I think that's where we, time. yeah, I think that's where we get caught up is like in the long term, we get stuck in the present or we get or we ruminate in the past, like, oh, I did all this, like, how could I, being in the moment and using the breath to get you back to the moment is how we kind of reset getting out of that, like, doom, past, present type of, like, thinking or overwhelm. And also, like, shifting, so I used to, I bought all these, like, calendars as business owners, like, planning, you know, ahead for content and everything, like, thinking that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit down and plan out the next six months. Like that got really overwhelming for me. Cause I'm not that type of person. So like backing off and knowing like, I'm, I don't schedule out that head in advance, like one month in advance is like what I can handle and accepting that. And then going to each week and like re kind of rescheduling my week based on where I am in my menstrual cycle has been supportive in like making sure I'm not overdoing it versus, you know, over scheduling based on what I can handle emotionally, physically. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I love that. I have loved this conversation. Is there anything that you feel like you haven't shared or that is just on your heart that you want to share with the mamas that are listening? We're all just doing our best. Like, and I feel like a big part of my acceptance into motherhood is we're all going to have a different style. We're all going to have a different approach. We're all going to have our good days, bad days, no matter who you are. Like, I know you don't have all your shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I I feel like sharing our struggles and learning from each other is how we're going to support each other in the kind of community of motherhood and just acknowledging that when you have a bad day, that's part of the cycle too, is how we're going to keep staying strong and moving forward. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that last question. So this is the one question that I do ask every single guest that's on, but we, as women do not celebrate ourselves enough. We will like rah, rah, like cheer everyone else on, but we don't do that for ourselves enough. So I want to know what is something that you absolutely love about yourself right now? I love that I have this like quirky, weird, like eccentric fun part of me that I sometimes let out on social media, but I also like dial it back because there people are, I 
still a little insecure about, well, girl, like she's a little crazy, but <laughs> I, I love that part of me. Like it's energetic, fun. Like I like to, I'm playful. I kind of think like a little kid sometimes. So like playing with my son, that's like easy, but it, like kind of really embodying that part of myself and letting it out more. It has been helpful in my own healing journey. Yeah. Aww. And brings oh, me happiness. <laughs> yeah. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter about anybody else. As long as it makes you, you smile even bigger. Cool. Yep. Where can people find you? Cause they're going to want to know more about you. Okay. So how can they find you? So currently I own my own private practice it's called kinetic flow method. And that is located on uh, 1200 Lewis Savannah road. I'm open to seeing new clients on one-on-one physical therapy level. I do incorporate it, what we call like a biosocial level or physical therapeutic approach. So we address more emotional, physical, and kind of spiritual aspects that are, are involved in your healing. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. My Instagram handle is, oh, can we just put that in the, yeah, we'll put I'll put it, it in the show. I'll put it all okay. in the show notes. So and then also in progress, I'm building my own menstrual cycle stinking community. It's Ooh. a face, gr- Facebook group page called Flowing with the Body's Natural Rhythm. And by the time that this podcast is launched and open, it'll it's going to be a free community. So I encourage you to look that up and join our group if you want some free tips for cycle stinking for fitness, nutrition, and kind of self-care activities. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was such a gift talking to you today. And like, yes, I feel like I'm not alone with some of the things that you were saying as well. So Absolutely. For- so sharing, sharing is caring and we're not alone. So yeah. I'm happy to support. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you felt like you were hanging out with your bestie because now more than ever, we need community and connection. If you loved this conversation and have a friend who you believe needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. It could transform their day. Share it on social too, because you never know who needs to hear this message. Follow this podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple so you will never miss an episode and don't have to go searching for it each week. Make your life easier, my friend. Your support means the world to me. If you found inspiration today, take a second and leave me five stars and a personal written review on Apple Podcasts so more moms feel less alone. That's how this message gets out to more mamas. If you want to stay connected on other levels, check out my new website, melissaclampett.com. There you'll be able to subscribe to my newsletter, send me a personal message, join the Reawakened Mom Circle, get free resources, book me to speak at an event, or just check out my musings I write about this amazing life. I can't wait to get to know you on a personal level. If you want to continue this conversation and take action on something we talked about today, join me and other mamas in our free Facebook group, the Reawakened Mom Group. It's linked in the show notes because who has time to write it all down? Remember, we're stronger together. We're stronger supporting each other. We are stronger lifting each other up. We are stronger sharing our journeys and stories because you're not alone, like ever. I believe in you, mama. I see you. I hear you. I am Melissa Clampett, and this is the Reawakened Mom Podcast.